I'm keeping it in. No. Yep. That's what happens. No. Yep. Please. I'm sure as you can tell, Melissa is in the bathroom yelling and screaming because she thought it would be funny. But unbeknownst to her, I have started recording. And I guess now we are waiting. probably just cut somewhere. Hello! This intro is relative to whether or not I actually keep in a, a bit we did before where Melissa's embarrassed, and it all depends. Welcome to We, we Like Stuff, stuff and, and So, so Should you. you! A show where we sit down and we talk about the real things. The things that are important and the things that matter. Stuff we like and such. And things. And and such. And the things that are, we like are so important that they are now infiltrating your lives. Um, and you, dear listener, will like it too. Uh, almost like a commercial of sorts, where no money is exchanged, but you will be now influenced to purchase or consume the product. Or concept, because sometimes it is a concept that we enjoy. That can also be heard, just so you are aware. I see. And... I will put it away. I apologize. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this is Melissa. Hello. And I'm Brenny. Hello. I knew you weren't going to do it. We needed it for symmetry. You were supposed to say who I am, and then I would have done it. Oh. You ruined the symmetry. Anyways. This is Brenny. Hello. There. Exactly. Um, Yeah, if you've been listening with us throughout the weeks, I don't know, I think this is the fifth week of us doing a show in quarantine, because we missed one and it should have been the sixth. I can't remember. Um, we'll uh, give you a little update on our Animal Crossing stuff. Um, <clears throat> and then go headfirst into the ocean of things we like. And stuff and such. Yeah. What is a thing in your Animal Crossing? Um, I guess most recently, as in yesterday... Um, we held a small belated birthday celebration for our friend on my Animal Crossing island. Um, and it was very successful. Yeah, as it was... As birthday parties go that are virtual and take place over a game that's not really designed to host a <laughs> birthday party. But um, we... I had set up my island so that, like, um, basically a little thing... 
you'll get like a bunch of little tidbits about things you can do in Animal Crossing that I recently learned that are fun for like aesthetics for your island. Um, the first thing is that um, if you download or create your own um, um, design for a like cake on a hat, um, which you can do. Well, it's it's like a it's like a flat brimmed hat. The the brim will then replicate what the plate looks like, and then the 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 main portion of the hat will then look like the cake. That's how you have to design it. Yes, and then if you display it on a table like backwards, um, so that like the face of the mannequin that's wearing the hat is pa- is facing towards north, um, then or like whatever direction you're looking in, which normally an Animal Crossing is north, then it looks like there's just a cake on a platter. So I had that. We had like a candle to blow out. Um, we had tables for presents. Um, and one of the most fun things about it, I think, was we hosted like a little fashion show. And I've seen people do this on Twitter and things, which is where I sort of got inspiration from. But basically you like create a runway on your island with like, I just use flooring. Um, Floor lights are a great touch because they add a lot of drama, especially at nighttime. Yes. Um, because their light is just like straight up, like conical light. Um, and then we add like benches. And then the other great thing that's a tip is the simple panel, which is an incredible item on Animal Crossing. And essentially, the simple panel looks boring and looks like it sucks. And I thought it sucked for a long time. But basically, it's this very tiny panel that's um, like two squares high um, and like takes up no space and you can design it to put anything on the panel so you can put your own designs on it um, there are some designs that um, are like preset that you can put when you customize it or you can also put some of labels uh, not label um, sables Sable. you can also put some of sables patterns on it if you've been talking to her enough and she gives you patterns um, so, just just so in just in case somebody is listening that doesn't know what's happening or most people don't know what's happening there are the three able sisters um mabel who runs the clothing shop sable the one that makes all the clothings and label um an entrepreneur of sorts who's out in the world and you meet her every once in a while on your island and she sells you unique clothing i just wanted to get that out of the way there are porcupines hedgehogs they're porcupines Hedgehogs. Hedgehogs. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah. And so, um, yeah, so the simple panel is great because you can customize it. So I had simple panels that said, like, happy birthday to my friend. Um, another, then I had the panels set up with my own custom design for the fashion show. So if you put one, like, a couple tiles back and two, a couple tiles forward so that someone can go behind the back one change into their outfit and then walk on the runway it's like a big reveal yeah it's really effective um because everyone's sitting on the benches so you have like very limited view of what you can see because animal crossing you can only see so much perspective and you can't turn the camera so it works out really well um and then you just have to ask everyone to queue up their costumes 
on a wand so the transitions are super straightforward um and it's really fun we had like four different categories the first one was just pink the second one was through the ages which was just like historical themed costumes um the third one was a big mood so you just had to dress up in a mood and like explain what the mood was and then the fourth one was best outfit which didn't have to be best for everyone else it was just your best outfit the best the outfit that you felt the best in yeah whatever you like most and yeah i thought that was really fun everyone like seemed to enjoy it we had costumes for the best um, prizes yeah we had prizes (laughs) i don't know costumes is just in my head now we basically had prizes which um like we voted on each round we voted on who we thought had the best outfit for that category um and yeah and then we also did another activity where I buried a bunch of presents around the island and I used a timer which I can now buy from my Nook shop because I have the upgrade Um, and the timer like goes to all of your friends and a cool thing about it is you can set it for there's different time limits you can set it for and it counts the amount of fish and the amount of bugs you catch that was not the purpose of my activity in any way shape or form but it's a cool thing to keep in mind for the future yeah no the fact that it showed up immediately it was like oh this is a whole new game yeah yeah it's like you can have your own fishing tournaments with your friends anytime or bug catching tournaments which is fun yeah my island's great for bugs because i have so many like hybrid flowers Mm -hmm. but um but yeah so that's um that's my latest thing yeah I, i think for me i've got i've really gotten into um the semantics of breeding flowers very particularly so i i'm well on my way to making blue flowers it's going to take me probably like a full week to get all the flowers that i need um, but I'm also finally producing green mums, which is very exciting as well. So there we go. Um, I don't think there's anything really else. I like, I keep thinking of new ways to kind of organize my gardens and stuff now that I have pretty much all the flowers I need. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's kind of it. Um, I haven't really, there, ha- there hasn't really been any really new developments cause it's just... I've just been getting flowers and just trying to figure out what I really want um, everything to look like. So I'm just moving things around. It's not very exciting. Um, Oh, one day, (laughs) I think like, just kind of like a a shout out to nice people. Uh, Whenever I have a very high turnip price, I don't care about money anymore. Um, So whenever I have a a very high turnip... Because you're a millionaire. Yes. I, I Well, ever since I got, like, the last Nook Mile for selling enough, or, sorry, making enough money off of the stock market, I, um, I just, I, I just have too much money. But every time Sunday rolls around, I still buy, like, a full inventory of turnips to resell. Um, whenever my island has a very high, um, buying rate for turnips i always post it on twitter just to tell everybody and i'm always like hey direct message me if you want to come over um i'm i'm looking for these things but if you don't have it i honestly don't care just if you message me i'm gonna get to you and it was really great i had a couple people over on wednesday just because i my price was like 444 and i think we explained this before generally you buy turnips between like 90 to 110 and then, yeah, if you sell a whole bunch, you basically, a full inventory is 4,000 turnips. So if you're buying them 
at like 90 and you're reselling them at 400 plus you're making like almost a million bucks or bells um, and then yeah one dude came to my island and he just started shaking all my trees and taking all like all sorts of random stuff he took a couple flowers too and I was just losing my mind I was trying to stop him and I just couldn't so I had to kick everybody from the island at that point and it's not a big deal like the fruits will grow back and the, the flowers will grow but it's a, it was like I've done this like three times and that was the first time it's ever happened um, that someone was just like sh stressfully stealing all my stuff that will come back because it's Animal Crossing so just as a heads up um, it, I think it's always worth it to be nice and to to offer your island in that regard if you can or if you want to. Uh, but just be aware that, you know, I don't prepare my island to direct people to the shop and back. I think it's very nice that they look around and so many people are like, oh, this is great. I've literally n never had anybody just destroy my island, even accidentally, except for this one dude. Um, but yeah, no, that's also very exciting for me. I always love having people over and just being like, hey... I have this cool thing, come use it. And everybody's like stressfully, frantically looking around at like on the online. And it's just great. I think it's so, it's so nice to be so helpful and useful. <coughs> Excuse me. Mm -hmm. uh, Sorry, I'm just trying to check my turnip. I know. Um, yeah. I think having it below the table is fine. Just before, I don't know if uh, you probably, nobody probably heard, but I could hear it in the, in the headphones. Uh, Melissa had her switch above the table, and I heard just the clicking of every button, uh, and that's what that whole debacle was about. I have the shower in my store today. Which, oh, like the stand-up shower? Yeah. Ooh. Gonna have to look at that later. Yeah, I probably don't want it, because it doesn't go with the aesthetic <laughs> of my bathroom, but um, you're welcome to have it. Sure. Um, yeah, no, I, I think... I don't think there's much to really update about. We might be able to get to th uh, through two things each today, depending on how quick we are. Um, last last week we did moms, and we were both kind of double teaming it. Do you want to go first, or should I? You can go first because I want to find Daisy May first. All right. Unless well, I don't want to just be talking to myself, so make sure. Unless you'd want me to go first. No, no, no. I just. I don't want you to just. I just don't want to be talking to silence. I'm, I'm doing this with you because. Uh, <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So my first thing um, is speedrunning video games. Um, it's not a new thing, um, but online, I, <clears throat> I wouldn't say it's become more popular recently. It's probably became more popular within the last like four years, and it's been huge. Um, and there's huge communities surrounding speedrunning, and each kind of video game has its own methods and techniques. Speedrunning a video game is such a niche thing to enjoy, um, because you really, if you're watching a speedrun, you're really, basic, you're, you're basically just uh, admiring the time and effort it takes to perfect something that doesn't matter. Like, there's so much effort into getting the timing right, pressing buttons at specific frames of a full video game, knowing exactly how to position yourself or, or how to pull off certain maneuvers in games. And all you get out of it is nothing. You get, you get the claim that you've just beaten a game the fastest. 
but they're so fascinating to watch because if but it kind of sorry to no no go go ahead but it just like reminds me of those like really silly um world records that people do yeah that are just like so inconsequential and so random and it's like if you do the most random thing but you do it the best or the fastest then you get a world record for it so it's like this is sort of similar in the fact that like you get recognition for something that's like really random (laughs) and like that doesn't really matter yeah but for people it matters because they like to get the claim for it i guess and it's like it's like the achievement of doing something so wild um and it's it's so much fun watching games that you've played before and like beaten through to completion and then watching these people just like destroy the game and excuse me and like beat something in like half an hour when normally it would take you like 20 hours to beat it um and there are different versions of speedrunning as well there are speed running with no glitches or anything like that so you have to make sure you stay within the bounds of the game um they're speed running i think there's like tool assisted speed running to kind of measure exactly how fast you can physically do something where the computer will actually put in the inputs and that's kind of like the basis of like this is how fast it can physically happen to our knowledge now let's like test it against people um and there's like full-on uh, like rival, not rivalries, but like there's full on like community fighting, it, not infighting either, but fighting about these kind of things because people, it's so important to some people, and they get so close, people will cheat about it. The way they record their run, they'll have, they'll cut in different footage, and 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 like, there are runs where you have to do it in one shot. Um, and there are runs where you're allowed to take breaks, and that's a that's a different category in and of itself. Um, one of my favorite runs that I've watched several times um, is the run for The Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time for the N64. Um, whether whether you play it on the N64 or you play it on the GameCube, a lot of people play it on the GameCube now because they they kind of redid it um, for that console. Um, there's a really good speed run. I'll, I'll have to look it up. Hopefully I'll find it before the end of this episode. But, um, yeah, there, there's a speed run where, um, it's this, uh, guy, they, they usually have, like, speed running events. Um, either somebody will be broadcasting on Twitch or, or streaming it online, but they'll have, like, whole, uh, fundraising events because people love to watch, um, uh, speed running. But then you're just like, hey, if you're watching, give me five bucks. And if a thousand people are watching, that's $5,000 towards this charity or towards this hospital or towards this good deed. And it's just, it's amazing the amount of money that these kind of events um, uh, generate. Uh, But yeah, there's this one speed run where this guy, uh, I'll look up all the details because I'm fumbling a bit. Um, But while he's speed running The Legend of Zelda, he kind of gives like a brief history of the speedrunning, um, because there are different there are different techniques in, in, in speedrunning with specific games, and then there's the history of, oh, somebody figured out something new to add, and it changes the entire way um, the speedrun can be done. And, like, cuts the time down, like, exponentially. Oh, my yeah. God. And it's huge. Like, cutting time down by, like, half a second is generally what you're working towards when you're trying to beat a speed run. Cutting a cutting a run down by more than two seconds changes the entire game and everybody re- like who cares about it needs to restart their speed run and try again because a full two seconds is huge and anything more than that is wild. Um, 
and so basically with Legend of Zelda, uh, when you first start the game, you you kind of like skip through all the cutscenes. They found out that sidestepping and running backwards is legitimately the fastest way to run um, in the game. But it's 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 so difficult, obviously, to do it um, realistically. Um, so a lot of these people map out basically in their head exactly where to go and how to position themselves to do all these things. So you you see someone do like the first area which is the Kokiri forest or Kokiri I don't I'm sure it's it doesn't I'm sure it doesn't matter but it's one of those two um and yeah so you you see somebody just immediately jump off of like the balcony where Link's house is and just start gunning it backwards and they like they jump over fences they go through like a little maze they get the sword incredibly quickly because that's the whole thing and i'm not going to describe the whole thing um the whole run uh, but they do all these things they get enough money for the shield and they go to um the first dungeon um and they almost like kind of cheat the dungeon a bit too you you get a specific item and you do it in a certain way um and they, they basically figured out how to cheat the game itself. The way that works, um, the game, when you enter like a door or anything, the game will basically put in the code for, oh, this door connects to here. Um, and then you enter the door and then it, each door is basically a warp. Um, but at the end of the first uh, dungeon, there's a way to um, basically force code into the game when it's not supposed to be and use the exit of the first dungeon to take you to right after you beat um, the first iteration of the final boss. Are you sure this isn't cheating? Well, so there's two different ways. <laughs> there's two different ways. This is my, one of my favorites because people have to figure out exactly um, the position, the timing, the coding, the, the button to press per frame to get all these things correct. Um, but there are runs that you do without warping, and that's that's the whole differentiation. So the run without um, without warping, I still think is like a couple uh, of hours, like maybe an hour and a half. Let me just think. Ocarina of Time. So let me see. Okay. So to beat the game, I believe without, um, so there's an any percent, oh my god. So with glitches, any percent, doesn't matter, the, the fastest speed run is apparently 7 minutes. I thought it was like 27, apparently it's 7 minutes. For the whole game? The whole game. Okay, uh, but that's, okay. No, 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 but that's the whole point. It's like, it, it's not about being good at the game, it's about being good at what makes the game basically work and run and that's the whole point of this um and there, so there's the 100 percent speed run where you do literally everything you can in the game and get every item and all those kinds of things um that's three hours and 39 minutes and 46 seconds so to 100 percent um uh legend of zelda ocarina of time um and even so a glitchless any percent run of Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time is three hours and 40 minutes. So that 100% is probably using glitches to get that way. Um, so yeah, it's just there's so many different ways to kind of do this and it, there's so many categories and everything like that. 
Um, and it's just wild to watch. It's so fun to watch. Um, that speed run that I was talking about is definitely not the, the uh, quickest speed run anymore. Um, but he kind of goes through the, um, the, the process of it. I was recently watching, um, I think it was IGN, their website, uh, their YouTube. They do, uh, speed runs with commentary from the developer. And it's so fascinating to watch these developers be like, what's going on? How did they... How did we not know about this glitch or this bug or that allows them to break like um, the boundary walls and, and go through all these things? It's just, it's so incredible to watch and see, even to for them to react to it. Um, watching a Doom uh, speedrun, it's just so wild because you basically just force yourself out of bounds, but there's still ground to walk on, and you just go through all sorts of things. You use guns to propel yourself in the air. It's so fun to watch. Um, it's just wild. It's just stupid. But, uh, yeah. And then, like, there are games like Dark Souls, where you have to be good still. You can glitch into certain areas, but you still have to beat particular bosses, which means you have to be pitch perfect to fight these bosses. Um, cause that's basically all the game is and you can't like glitch to be too powerful. You still use the mechanics of the game. Um, so you have somebody kind of be like the first couple bosses in the first Dark Souls, dump all of their, um, experience into like the strength stat, grab a weapon on the way to like the next area, and then still like physically beat these bosses well without wearing any armor, without using any other like skills or anything like that. It's just... It's just so fascinating to watch. Um, I highly recommend uh, looking up uh, Ocarina of Time uh, speedruns. Um, Dark Souls is really fun to watch, especially if there's like particular uh, commentary. Not all commentary is good. I will absolutely say that. Um, and uh, what's another one? I, I saw one for f even like Fallout and stuff like that. That's just very fun to kind of digest what exactly is going on. Um, but it, it's also like if you get the right commentary, it's also a good way to kind of like learn more about the game and, and, and figure out um, kind of like how the game works. And it's, it's just very, it's just very fun to watch. But um, yeah. That's my first thing. Speedrunning. Video game speedrunning. I think speedrunning of any capacity is like basically just like doing something the fastest, but it, I think it was coined for video games uh, to speedrun something because it's it's kind of hard to speedrun most other things. <laughs> like you wouldn't call speed it... Speedrun life! <laughs> well, uh, well, <laughs> well, the one thing I want to actually see, I want to look it up and I haven't yet, I want to see if somebody speedruns uh, Ring Fit. That sounds horrible. It's like it's just it's so insane, but like I want someone to try and speedrun that in a way because like it's so difficult to even like play that game. If you speedrun that properly while doing all the exercises, I want to watch somebody who's physically like insane to actually be able to beat that game in one go. It's just an insane amount of things to do. That if there's any speedruns of that game, then it's probably people who are cheating oh not for sure doing the exercises no but but that's that's the best part about it because there's so many different categories so there 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 should be a category where somebody does it all in one go um and because it's exercise there probably has to be different categories there's probably categories with breaks or there's probably categories without breaks and see how fast somebody can now do it and that becomes like a full like physical endurance test because if you like even the first like 
map of... Uh... I honestly, just as something as an aside... I honestly do not think the game would allow you to play it that long. No, but like... It's very self-aware to how much exercise you're doing, so I don't think it would be like you can keep playing this game to speedrun the entire game. I think it would make you turn it off at but, a point. But even if that's the case, then that's, that would be a part of the speedrun. You have to get to these benchmarks at a specific time where the game will actually force you out. And then you'll be able to play again. Like, those, those might be the break benchmarks. I um, see. I think the game will always remind you. I don't think the game will actually force you to stop playing, but then again, I don't know. So we'll we'll yeah. see what happens with that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, no, video game speedrunning is, it's just very fun to watch. It's very fascinating. I, I highly recommend it. Even if you're not into video games, I think it's very, like I said before, I'm pretty sure I'm being redundant now. It's very just interesting to learn about how a video game works and how you basically kind of like visually see the coding at its worst, because you see somebody that breaks the coding for their own uh, for their own gain, um, just to like do random things. Um, yeah, that's my first thing. Cool. Um, my thing is Rock Camp for Girls, Peterborough. Ooh. Um, and I will say, just as an aside, that Rock Camp for Girls has an asterisk on the end because it's also a meant. The programming is also meant for. Um, not only women, but also trans and non-binary youth in the community. Um, so it is RC for G asterisk every time I say RC for G. Um, but yeah, it's a programming in Peterborough that offers um, youth in the community the opportunity to build confidence um, and take risks through the creation of rock music. Um, there's different programming that has been offered more recently um every third sunday of the month um there was rock block and that's basically like a jam session drop in um any youth is welcome to come there's instruments set up it's like trying to build um like Synchronicity? Is that a word? Uh, it is. I think you're saying it wrong, but I don't know how to say it right. <laughs> syn uh, syn synchronicity? Maybe? No, that's, that's wrong. No. Yes. Yes. Anyway, um, <laughs> it helps people um, build confidence and timing, I guess I'll say, for playing instruments um, and working together and taking risks and all of that great stuff. Um, and also for people who don't have access to instruments, it's a great time to go and try one out. Um, and yeah, jam on that. But the thing that I've mostly been a part of is the one week long rock camp that happens in the summer. Um, I wanted to talk about it mostly because I'm sad that it's not happening this year because of COVID-19, um, which I'm glad that we are all staying safe and everything, but I... I wanted to talk about it because it's something that I'm really passionate about and that I really think is an awesome thing that is in our community. Um, Rock Camp, as a fact about it, started in 2006 um, with just a small group of women in Peterborough who decided to create it. Um, it was inspired, inspired by the Rock and Roll Camp for Girls in Portland, Oregon. And yeah, the first week of camp ran in 2006. And since then, there's been a number of different programming offered through the camp. Um, but yeah, it's a, 
it's now it's mostly just rock lock as i said and the one week long camp in the summer um usually camp is run out of sadler house which is a community center located on george street george and park hill area um and sadler house is a great venue where there's a lot of space for jamming and rocking out. Yeah, that upstairs like little stage is, is just really great. Yeah, the lecture, no, not the lecture hall, the dining hall has, yeah, we basically, basically the whole purpose of the camp is that um, a group of 20 youths come to camp. Um, they don't really, some of them have no experience with music. Some of them have varying experience with playing instruments. And essentially every camper signs up for an instrument that they would like to learn. Not everyone gets their first choice, of course, because that's just the way it is. But um, you basically, every camper will get assigned an instrument out of bass, guitar, drums, and keys. Um, every band has two keys players, um, a bass player. No, every band has two guitar players. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> Every band has two guitar players, a keys player, a drum, and a bass player. Um, and basically, every the campers who signed up for those instruments are um, brought into a group, and that's the band. Um, they may not know each other, they may have never met, they may have no in, um, experience playing their instrument, but they are now a band, they are now a small community, and basically the whole point is to inspire confidence and to take those risks, to play those instruments, um, to write music, even though you've had no experience doing that. Um, and it's like a really great experience. Um, the other things that happen in camp are, um, so essentially there's workshops which teach um, a variety of things from songwriting to vocals to tech workshops. Um, there's also um, instrument lessons, so the everyone who um, is learning a specific instrument all gathers together. So there's guitar lessons, bass lessons, drum lessons, and key less keys lessons. And so all of those campers go together and they learn their specific instrument. Um, and then there's also band um, practice. So you have quiet practice and loud practice. And quiet practice is basically where you do band logo design, um, create your band name, um, you write your lyrics for your song, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and they, like, d d you you mentioned like that you don't have to have any experience or anything like that, no, right? No, that's scary. Yeah, and it's only <laughs> a week long, so you have you create your band on Monday, and then by Friday, um, which is what this whole thing is amping up to. By fr oh, and yeah. So you have quiet and loud practice, just to go back to that. Loud practice is where actually like you're playing your instrument. I'm sure that was self-explanatory, but you're practicing with the whole band. Um, on Friday of camp, there's an event called the Big Gig. And basically all of the bands um, invite their families to come out, um, friends, um, whoever, acquaintances, people in the community come out and they watch um, all the different bands from camp. Um, perform their songs that they've worked hard all week to create um, and it's just like a really magical experience to see these young people come together write a song you know sometimes they're like super simple but it's just the fact that they got up there and they perform something to people who of course some people in the crowd they'll know but a lot of people they don't and they're taking that um they're just yeah 
showing so much confidence and again I'm gonna say it again taking that risk to go up there and do that and it's just like a really inspiring and like empowering wonderful, empowering that's yeah. huge like the whole the whole thing every time you go to it it's just it's unbelievable the amount of uh oh the it, it, it's the amount of progress the, like what comes out of that one week is just buck wild yeah yeah and last year um i only started being a part of rock camp i guess two summers ago um and that summer i was um, volunteering and helping with um, interns at the camp. Interns are basically previous campers who um, go back to camp but have a different status at camp in which they help run the camp, help supervise. Um, they're basically in training to possibly become counselors one day. Um, and yeah, so it was really cool through that perspective learning how camp worked while also helping the interns. Um, and then last summer, I was a little bit helping the interns, but mostly I was a band mentor. So I had um, a group of um, campers that were a band, and I basically was there to help them with all the things I described, loud practice. We came up with chords together for our song. We wrote our lyrics. We came up with our band name, made our um, logo, and yeah, we get to make t-shirts and it was really fun to see that process of camp because the year before I wasn't really that involved in it. I was kind of on the sidelines and it was amazing to see it from that perspective. But to actually be involved in it in the way that I was last year was um, really exciting. It like as much as it wasn't me who did anything, like it was all the campers who did all of the work, but I was just so proud of them for what they had done um, for all they had accomplished in one week. Um, it was really amazing to watch. It's a very empowering and incredible experience. And yeah, I'm really sad that it won't be running this year um, and that I don't get to see any of the lovely people on the Rock Squad um, who plan and do all the awesome work to make it a thing that is in our community. Um, but yeah, it's a great, great experience and I hope that you'll all check it out. Um, and also, it's a great thing um, to think about that once, you know, COVID-19 is hopefully a little bit hopefully managed, managed well. we have a vaccine eventually. Once all those things have happened and we get back to having events, um, keep your eye out for Rock Camp for Girls events um, because those fundraising fundraising rising <laughs> those fundraising events are what help um, keep camp going get us supplies and also help to um, send um, campers to camp because we have a subsidiary program as well um, so yeah you should really really go check it out um, it's an amazing experience or if you know a young woman um or non-binary or trans youth who you think would enjoy this experience, something to think about for hopefully next summer. Yeah, that's my thing. That's awesome. Yeah, every time you've gone as well, it's just, it, it's it's so wild because like, I know I'm not there and I know that there's probably a lot hidden. You exude so much anxiety and stress over doing right by these children and 
it's like you almost have more anxiety than them, which I'm sure is not true. To be able to perform on the stage and like have, um, like like learn an instrument even, and figure it out within one week is wild. But like to see you work through it, it's just there's so much going on, and it's 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 a marvel that everybody is able to come together and, and create. Um, so much fun and excitement. I'm very sad that I've never been able to go to the big gig because I've always worked or done something stupid, like have to go to school or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, it's a really awesome time. Yeah, if you can ever go to the big gig, I highly suggest it. Yeah, totally worth it. Um, we might have time to do like one more thing each, or we can talk about a bunch of little likes because we didn't actually do that earlier oh oh before before i get too far um i did actually find the one speed run that i actually was talking about um just to be just so you know this is a speed run of an any percent of legend of zelda ocarina of time this was done in 2013 the speed run was about 25 minutes the fact that currently the world record is five minutes is busted uh, but if you go to YouTube, there's a whole um, charity thing called, uh, I believe it's a charity thing. It's called uh, Awesome Games Done Quick. If you go to YouTube and look up Awesome Games Done Quick uh, 2013, uh, Zelda Orchid of Time uh, with Cosmo. I believe Cosmo is the, uh, the runner's uh, online alias. So uh, Awesome Games Done Quick 2013 Cosmo Legend of Zelda. Uh, Ocarina of Time, you'll find it. It is super fun because they explain basically the history of how they got to that point up to that point. Um, but now they're seven years on top of this, so I'm very, I'm almost sad because watching the speedrun is just as fun as learning about how they kind of like go through all the motions. But um, if, a, if a run is now five minutes, it's like I have less to watch and more to learn, and that's not the ratio of at which I want to do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just wanted to get that out there. Um, yeah, I think... Do you have any little likes you want to talk about? I mean... <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I would say that Sorry. my first little like is... Um, I've talked about it before. But I just want to bring it up again. Okay. Our sons. The boys. We have two guinea pigs. Appa and Momo. That was a lifetime ago, Melissa. They're worth like, talking about It was about literally again. the first episode, I think. Yeah, I think... Uh, uh, was it? Or no, no. The first episode I, think I talked the, about Avatar, I think. I think it was the first hour-long episode, maybe. Yes. Um, our guinea pigs are the sweetest little guys. I love them so much. Um, they love to eat vegetables. Um, like sweet pepper and lettuce are probably their favorites. But they also like a myriad of things. They also like fruits, and they also like herbs a lot. Especially dill, cilantro, and parsley. Shout out to those herbs. Um, yeah, I just love our guinea pigs a lot. So shout out to them. Appa Momo. They're the best. Who are you? I don't know. Shout out to those herbs? <laughs> I don't huh? Just leave me alone, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a hard time articulating things I want to say, so it's just devolving into something really weird. Well, this is what happens when we don't record for the entire week and then do a recording at um, 
what is now 9.28 a.m. and I have to get it submitted by 11 a.m. This is also what happens when I don't talk to people at all, except for you. What's wrong with me? Nothing's wrong with you, but I talk weird to you. So I don't know how to talk normal anymore. <laughs> I guess. Um, but yeah, that's a little like. Do you have another little like? Um... It was your idea to do this. No, I know. I, I just, I, I want to talk about something, but yeah, it's, I, I don't think I'll have enough to talk about as a huge thing. Um, one thing we started doing, um, we started going for walks because it's very nice outside. Um, but be, I'm in a uh, course uh, called Ornithology, which is the study of birds. Um, and literally part of that, excuse me, part of that course is to literally go out and bird watch. And birdwatching is a huge community that I've never... Like, I knew about it, but I never really got into. And it... Like, birdwatching is really... It's literally going out, identifying birds, and kind of just in relation to where you are with them, and what they're doing, essentially. Um, but I believe it's the University of Cornell that has... I think it was, like, since 2013, they've basically created this website called eBird, where you uh, can submit... Um, your basically like birding checklists that you, that you might do every day and they basically just compile it. So they compile all these checklists about birds that people see all throughout the world um, and you can submit pictures and you can submit uh, trails that you walk on or it can take your um, what is it? It can take your location and things like that and it, it compiles into this like huge online resource for birds and it's just it's great to have uh, because like like you can legitimately use it for like studies and, and just general learning um, but it's just super fun to go out and watch birds it's it's way more fun than I really thought of it's it's like in terms of video games you could probably like compare it to things like Pokemon Go which is like I understand the futility of, of like having to reference a video game or pop culture media to explain why something is good that doesn't make it good it just makes it easier to understand and it's not even like the best way to understand it it's it's just really neat to go out and i think i think my little like is more so just like going out and like really taking in your surroundings in that regard mm -hmm. And bird watching is a huge part of that because you're actively looking for birds, um, and the amount of like small birds that we've seen on trees that like are super small, they're like sparrow size, like smaller than the palm of your hand, and they're like maybe like several hundred feet away, but like you see them because you're looking for them, and if you don't see them, it's because they actually like just legitimately blend in with the trees because they're trying to do that, um, and then we see like little stories. Um, like this crow we saw was bothering these sparrows and he was just getting up all in their business. I don't know if it was a guy or a girl. Um, and then these two sparrows like chased it away and we saw that whole interaction happen and it was just really wild and fun to see. Um, or the first time we went out, we saw these two mallards. And it was a guy and a girl and they were just hanging out in the water. Yeah. And it was very cute. Yeah, I found that it's like a really nice... Um... It's almost like a kind of mindfulness exercise where you're kind of just like really paying attention to everything around you. Um, and it's really nice and relaxing to do it. Um, and I've really been enjoying it. As a aside, a really good um, app to download. I download this app called Merlin Bird ID. Um, Which is also made by... Um, Cornell Labs. Yeah, Cornell University. Um, 
if you go, if you get this um, app, it's like really awesome. Um, it's free and you can explore birds or you can start a bird ID. The bird ID will ask you questions like, where did you see the bird and what colors was it and what size was it? And then it sort of shows you like what the typical birds were. But what I really like is that it has a section that says likely birds today and it knows your location um, if you allow it. <laughs> and um, it tells you all the likely birds that are in that you'll find in Peterborough today. Um, so the top ones are American Robin, Common Grackle, Song Sparrow, European Starling. And Brendan and I have seen a lot of those birds on our bird walks. Um, but it's like, I don't even really know what a European Starling was or a Common Grackle was like a week ago. And now I'm always looking for them and they're everywhere. Yeah. Um, and also the black-capped chickadee we've seen quite a bit, and the cr- American crow. Um, but yeah, those are all um, birds that are common today in Peterborough. And if you get that app, you can also have a look. And then it also helps sort of narrow down when you're trying to ID stuff, because usually it's one of the more common ones that you're seeing, um, in our case anyway. And yeah, it's just like a fun activity. And also it feels cool when you see something that maybe you haven't noticed but you've really seen all your life it's like oh i've seen a thousand of those blackbirds but now they have a name and i like know a little bit more about them and yeah it's just like a nice thing to do and it's it's just it's just it's it it seems like so silly but it's it's similar to how i feel about speed running it's like it's doing nothing but it's it's an accomplishment of just like doing something kind of for yourself it's very great Anything else? Maybe. Um, I was actually going to talk about that also, so I'm glad that you brought it up. Okay. Um, yeah, I I mean, I, I was saying that I was going to, but now I'm, I'm not going to. Oh. Because you had talked about it. Well, you, you also talked about it, so you don't I, have to bring it up. I did. You just, you have now talked about it. Yes, I have talked about it. And, and we're not bringing it up anymore. No, we're never bringing it up again. Okay. You heard it here first, I guess. We are never going to bring up what shall not be named or discussed. I lied. I want to bring it up again. You have heard it here second. Uh, We are taking back what we said at first, where we are going to bring up and talk about uh, birding once more at a particular time. At least once more. Yes. Perfect. Um... I guess another little like for you don't, me. If you, if you have to dig, it's fine. I could just end off with a bunch of music. I have a little like, Brennan. Okay. My little like is mugs, okay? Collecting mugs. Have we ever talked about that before? I don't think so officially. We have a million mugs between Brennan and myself. Um, we at least have like... We probably have 30. Yeah. Um, we have a whole cabinet dedicated to mugs, and people think we're wild for doing that. And no, honestly, it's pretty, it's pretty much just my mom. A lot of people think we're wild. Actually, my mom also, and other people. So we got two moms. What are these other people? I don't know. I want to call people out. I do. I don't. They don't listen. <laughs> anyway, it's wild to have that many mugs. It's a lot of mugs. And to have a whole cabinet in a small apartment dedicated to mugs is a wild thing. But a mug is a great way to... Be cool. Drink Ah. things out of. It's a vessel. But also... What's happening? When you have fun things on your mug, it's just a nice thing. Also, like, 
I don't know. I have a mug that my mom gave me that's, like, really nice that, like, talks about how I'm such a nice daughter, and that's cute. Oh, yes, yes. Um, and then I have this mug that I'm drinking out of right now that I got from Disney World, and it's, like, all the seagulls from Finding Nemo, but they're all, like, they're all, like, elevated out of the mug. The raised. They're raised. They're raised. <coughs> so it's just, like, fun textures, and it's so cute. And also, once you drink all the stuff from your mug, there's a little seagull at the bottom, which is also very cute. Yeah. Um, some other notable ones is we have, like, a Better Call Saul mug from Breaking Bad. We have Troy the, and Abed in the morning. Yes, that was that is my... Uh, pride and joy because uh, I got it from the NBC store in New York, I think like 2013 or 2012, and nothing exists anymore, so I don't think you could get it officially, which is not a big deal, but you know. Yeah, we also have Cuphead mugs, um, mugs from different places. I have a trail mug from Trail College, um, and I think it's just fun to have these souvenirs that are also like super practical because we use mugs every single day. We drink a lot of hot beverages, so it's something that we use a lot, so it's very practical, but also it's like I wouldn't want to have like a set of mugs that are all the same. Yeah. I like having our eclectic collection where I can go and pick a mug and also... Good word, by the way. Thank you. Um, it's, it's just nice because now I can... It's practical, but also it has like some kind of sentimental value and it's something I see and use every day. Um, so that's why I love mugs. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Mugs, 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 mugs. Yeah, I don't think there's like right, the only reason I mentioned like you don't have to say anything because like now I feel like I'm digging. I don't want to just like say things, so I feel like this is an appropriate way to end Let's off. Play a song. Yeah. A song. A song. A song. What song do you want to play? Sir? I don't know. I will think of a song to play. <laughs> and, and you will listen to it, and I probably won't cut out the intro if you've made it this far because you've already heard it. Because, including the intro, we have lots of time still. No! Uh, so thank you to Matt Campbell for background music as always. Thank you, you Matt Campbell. So great. Um, thank you to whoever we play now because I don't know anymore. Because I have too much time to figure it out and it's great. Uh, thank you to Jill as always and uh, everybody else at Trent Radio. I only get correspondence from Jill and I don't know. I'm not good at names. I don't remember the other man. Rob. Rob, thank you. I was going to say that, and I it sounded too... Like, it sounded like... Not that I made it up, but it was like, that's just... I wasn't 100% sure that that was the man's name. Thank you, Jill and Rob. I'm sure Rob is doing things, and if he's not, I don't know. You're getting credit now. Uh, but thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening. <laughs> I'm, I don't know what to say anymore. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I regret what I've said. You're both great. Bye.